Hello and welcome to Financial Education for the Nation. My name is Warren Shute and I'm here today in the studio talking to you about Friday the 13th. Okay, so Friday the 13th, what's it all about? The economy, politics, what's going on? So if politics wasn't so important, it would be a joke. We've got the um, Trump impeachment hearing in the US. We've got the trade tariffs between the US and China affecting the economy. We've got Brexit and obviously now thrown into the mix, we've got the um, election here in the UK. Now, the election's on November the 12th, but for most of us, we'll get the result, the final result, on Friday the 13th. Maybe it's going to be a scary day for some. Um, what I want to touch on is, does it matter on your investment portfolio who sits in the chair at number 10? How has that affected things over the past? And what can we learn from it? Um, typically, we would expect from a conservative government to um, reduce taxes and to stimulate business. So the business drives the economy. Um, and then on the other side of the equation, far left, you would see a extreme sort of Labour government typically increase taxes, particularly those high earners on those high earners. And you would increase spending and social spending as well. Well, t traditionally, that's what we've seen. So how is that policy, government policy, impacted on the stock market? So in the blog article that will accompany the post here, you'll be able to see a chart of the FTSE All Share Index. Now the FTSE All Share Index goes all the way back to 1962, which is a whopping 57 years of data. It's pretty impressive. Um, and during that time, we've had lots of highs and lows, two significant events occurred. One was the uh, 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 dot-com bubble in 2000. So the markets peaked typically around late 1999, very early 2000, um, and then went into a decline before they recovered again. And then we had the financial crisis in 2007, 2008, where we saw a significant decline in the markets before quantitative easing started, and then there was a recovery. But looking at those markets and looking at the periods of time we've started, um, I forget what the earliest ones is, but the main ones you can see on the chart is a conservative period, a large um, uh, labor period, and that was obviously the, the Blair-Brown period. You've got the coalition, uh, which ran for five years, which when I was doing this research did surprise me. It didn't seem at the time it was that long. Um, they're in green. Uh, and then you've got the current period of the conservative government as well at the end. And then I looked at the monthly data, the monthly returns from the um, all share and then attributed it to each of the political parties when they were in power. And what I found is that the FTSE all share has averaged about 1% per month over that period. So 1.03% return a month. Um, now, obviously, there were periods where it was much higher than that. There were periods where it was lower than that. But the average return of the FTSE all share is 1% per month. Now, I've used the FTSE All Share because it's the broadest UK market index that I can get hold of with lots of history and which is understandable for you. So the Financial Times Stock Exchange, that stands for FTSE, 
all share index. It covers pretty much, it doesn't cover all of them, but it covers pretty much all of the companies listed um, in the UK. It doesn't include some of the very, very small ones. It excludes them out. But there's a, it's a great bellwether indicator of the UK stock market, as opposed to the FTSE 100, which is just the 100 largest companies. It's a much broader index, so much more reasonable for us to consider. So the index as a whole has done just over 1%. Now I want to ask you, ask you a question before I reveal the answer. What do you think the um, conservative return or should I say the return whilst the Conservatives are in power of the FTSE All Share was. Have a little think of that. So if you've had a think, good in your head, the return for the Conservatives whilst they're in power of the FTSE All Share was 1.2. So it's about 1.19%. So it's about, it's 34% more, oh, sorry, it's about 20% more um, uh, than the uh, basic index itself. I do my maths, the 34 comes up in a minute. I know what they're doing. Um, so you've got the Conservatives running around about 1.2, so that's about 20% more than the market as a whole. So when they were in power, they got a 1.2% return per month. If you go to the extreme, the other side of the scale, the, the Labour government, what do you think their return was per month whilst they were in power? So the Labour return whilst they were in power is just shy of 0.9, so it's 0.89% per month. So that's a 34% increase, should I say, the Conservatives are a 34% increase over the Conservatives. No, start again. The Conservatives are a 34% increase over the Labour government. So the period in office was quite interesting as well. The Conservatives have been in power 345 months during this period, where the Labour are in power 286 months. Okay, we're looking at a 691 month period just over 57 and a half years. Um, and the, the difference between those is when the coalition were in power and they were in for 60 months and their monthly return was 0.8. So it's actually below both. So below the uh, Conservatives and below Labour. Now, if I'm honest, I don't know what this data really tells us. I don't know whether it tells us that the way a Labour government managed policy is um, less rewarding to business and therefore less rewarding to the economy as a whole, um, or whether it tells us anything at all. I just looked at the data, and I just wanted to sort of share the information with you. I found it quite interesting to see, and to look back and, and to crunch the numbers. Um, what else I did is I took it a step further, and I thought, well, what are people thinking right now? What are people thinking? Are people thinking, I'll, I'll hold out, I'll wait until the election's over, and then are considered to go back into the markets? Or are they considering just pound cost averaging, dripping their money into the market periodically uh, on a systematic way? Um, or are they just going into the market at all? Um, from conversations that I have with um, particularly newer investors, as in new people coming to Lexington, my financial planning firm, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of caution, a lot of nervousness about going into the market pre-election, not knowing what's going to happen. Um, and some for our wealthier investors, certainly they're very concerned about the election and some of the possible fiscal restraints that a Labour government might impose, particularly, for example, around capital controls, restricting the flow of money out of the UK, uh, which is something um, McDonald, the um, shadow chancellor, has been sort of mentioned in the past. So 
I think this election um, is a very interesting election, more though than anything else, on the premise that not only is it potentially going to settle um, a concern around Brexit or a challenge around Brexit, the parties are quite polar against each other. You've got quite a strong conservative type, not, not old fashioned I would say, but a strong traditional conservative type party. And we have almost like a, an extreme sort of left-wing Labour party, probably the most extreme we've um, ever seen. Um, well, certainly I've ever seen, I'm 45 years old. Um, so over that sort of period, it's very, very, very extreme. Whereas the, the Blair uh, Brown Labour government was a bit more middle of the ground and I think appealed to a lot more people. Um, when you go to these extremes, um, there's... Um, uh, outliers. You know, there's not so, so, so many people out there. Now, what's important is I'm not saying that either party is right or wrong. Um, if I'm honest, I my personal opinion is they'll say anything pretty much to get into power and then they kind of fall flat and do whatever they want. And it's been a bit embarrassing the way that the whole um, Brexit manifesto has been managed. Um, people wanting to get into power and whether they've been doing it morally and ethically right whether they've been doing it for the right of the country and the people or whether they've been doing it for their own careers this isn't a political um recording this is pretty much saying let's look at the investment and look what's happened so just to recap before i go too deep into that the FTSE all share been running since 1962 it's the bellwether of the uk economy and how things are doing it 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 grades or lists most of the companies um listed in the uk its average monthly return has been 1.03% a month. Um, whilst the Conservatives are in power, that monthly return was higher at 1.19% a month. Uh, when the Labour government have been in power in the past, there it was lower at 0.89% a month. And whilst coalitions were in power, it was even lower still at 0.8% per month. Okay. That's all I want to say on the monthly returns of the index. See how that goes. Um, see what happens on Friday the 13th. So we've got the election. You might be thinking, oh, do I time it? Do I get in? Do I get out? What shall I do? So I wanted to sort of cover that off a little bit as well, sort of timing the market and whether we can do it and whether it's the right thing or not. Now, I actually did my master's dissertation on timing the market because um, all my uh, professional career, I've been told you can't time the market. I've been told buy and hold uh, more latterly, certainly over the last 15 years, um, passive index investing as opposed to active investing. So for over half, 25 years I've been in the business, so over half of my professional career I've been passive. Um, but even if you're told stuff, you're educated stuff, if you've got the mind that's inquisitive, you kind of want to prove it for yourself. So for my master's dissertation, I researched active management, basically. Could you time the market? And I used a particular strategy um, in doing it. And I concluded from the back of my um, uh, Mias academic theses uh, that you couldn't time the market. And I was genuinely going in with an open mind, trying to see whether what we're being told as professionals um, from our... Um, association bodies or our education whether it was right whether I could prove it wrong because there is so much money in active management and it, it I can't believe I find it hard to believe I shouldn't say I can't believe I find it hard to believe that these people are doing this if it's not the right thing to do 
But when you sort of come down to it, where there's money, there's a way, and sometimes I think some of these people do it because they are paid very well for doing it, as opposed to being a foodishery, you know, doing the right thing for their client. And I think that's really where I come with um, index or passive management. I genuinely believe in the heart of hearts that it's the right thing for the client to get a broad um, investment and buy and hold. Um, but to kind of reiterate that, rather than just hear it for me, just like I heard it and I needed to dig deeper, I wanted to give you some kind of background behind that or a bit more um, depth behind it. Now, Fidelity, most of you listening will know who Fidelity are. Fidelity are, I think, the second or maybe the third largest investment house in the world. I think Vanguard actually is the largest, but they're certainly in the top three. Um, let's not argue about their actual position. They're a pretty big outfit. And they did some research about market timing and um, what happens if you miss the best days in the market, etc. And they did it on the FTSE All Share, which is great because they're an American outfit. And most of the academic research we read is based in the US. We've grown up with it. We're big enough and ugly enough to understand that actually what happens in the US pretty much will happen in most developed countries, at least globally. Um, so we can understand, we can communicate or translate, should I say, the S&P 500 data into FTSE data. But this was nice because it was done on the FTSE All Share, the same index that I was just speaking on um, in relation to the, um, the monthly returns about the coalition government and the Conservative and the Labour governments. And what they found is they did a, uh, a period. And when I first saw this study many years ago, it was a five-year data set. Uh, but thankfully now it's over a 15-year data set. So I'm just looking at the figures. So they did from uh, the end of September 2004 until the end of September 2019. So that's a 15-year data set, which is great. It's great data. It's a lot of time. They found that the FTSE All Share averaged around 7.7% per year. So great return. You know, that, that's a pretty typical return over that sort of period. And if we look at that period, um, we had pretty much, not smack bang, but almost near the beginning, we had the financial crisis. So 2004, they had a sort of good run up until 2007. 2007, 2008, bit of 2009 was all wiped off um, before the quantum easing really took place. And then 2009 uh, through till 2019, they've had a pretty good run of it. So 15 years, the FTSE all share returned 7.7%. Now, they then did a calculation and they said, I don't know how they do this. They must have some very powerful computers that does it automatically because it must take some time doing it manually. Um, they had a, a run of scenario where they said, if you miss the 10 best days over that 15 year period, Okay, so however, whether you're timing, whether it's not automatic pound cost averaging, whether you're going into that market, whether you're looking at the election, not too sure, so you decide to sell and then go back in. If you missed, missed the best 10 days, your return went from 7.7. .7, I want you to have to guess what it went down to before I reveal the answer. Quite an interactive show, this one, isn't it? It went down to 3.5% a year. Now, just, just digest that for a second went from 7.7% down to 3.5. That's just crazy, that's just crazy. Now let me go further. If you missed the best 20 days in the market, your return went down to 0.9. If you missed the best 30, it went down to minus 1.2. And if you missed the best 40, it went down to minus 3.1. I just try and comprehend that for a second. You're investing over a 15 year period, okay? 15 year period. This is a long period of time. Um, let's go back in your mind 
15 years ago. Ollie, my son, is 14, so he wasn't even born. Okay, so if you've got children, you'll measure your life, if you're like me, you measure your life at your, based on your children's ages and where they were, etc. So 15 years ago, um, he wasn't even born. So that was like a lifetime ago. Um, if you miss just 10 days in that period, you'll return halved, basically. 7.7 well, down to 3.5. If you missed a month, so you've missed a month, of best returns. Admittedly, these are best days. So 30 of the best days went down to minus 1.2. Now, what does this tell you? So it's okay giving you this information. What does it tell you? It says that, hey guys, we can't time the market. I wasn't too sure, so I researched it. I proved that you can't time the market. Um, and when you do miss these days, you know, these odd days add up. And if I miss 10 of them over a 15 year period, so that's not even one a year, um, my return's going to half in value. So really, the, 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 the answer to this is stay invested. You know, genuinely stay invested. You know, have your time horizon. Remember we spoke about five years or less. It's not investment money, it's cash money. Five to seven years, years you can go into the market, but don't go fully exposed. You might want, say, 20 or 40% of your money in the market to get some kind of return on it seven years or more, then you can take stock market exposure. So principally for most people listen to this, it will be for your retirement. So retirement fund, so seven years or more. And then you can take the amount of risk that you feel is commensurate to your tolerance and your capacity. And your tolerance for risk, remember, is your ability to sleep well at night. So, okay, I know it's gone down. I'm not happy, but I understand what's happening because that crazy guy on the recording kept speaking about it all the time. I'm going to sleep okay. Or your capacity was, okay, it's fallen 50%. I've got 15 years to retire. I know it's going to recover. My lifestyle is not going to be affected by this during that journey period. Whereas if you're three or four years to retirement, it fell 50%, that's going to affect your retirement income. So that's going to reduce your capacity for loss. So these different things here, once you get those understood and nailed, you can take your stock market exposure and you go into that with the knowledge that 100% stock market is gonna fall about 50%, about five zero in its journey, in its lifetime. In the financial crisis and the time for that in the dot-com bubble, the markets retraced, pulled back about 50%, late 40s. So it wouldn't be unreasonable for that to happen again in a significant event in the future. But hey, we don't know what these significant events are. So, um, you know, it's best just to stay invested. Fidelity have done the research for you. They've said that if we miss the best 10 days, we halve our return. It's not worth it. Just buy and hold and allow it to run its course just so that we're invested. Okay. So just sort of wrap up, just conclude for you um, what I've sort of just gone through in this, in this sort of thing, um, this recording. The, the markets are returning about 1% per month historically. You know, with the Conservatives in, they've done about 1.2. Labour in, done, they've done about 0.9. Um, just to give you some kind of um, reference point on that, um, the Conservative return of 1.2 would mean you double your money about every 11 years, okay? Whereas at 0.9%, you'd be doubling your money every 15 years. So four years. So on, when you just say those numbers, 
1.9, there's not that significant difference. But when you say a four year gap before you doubled your money, and bear in mind, if you've doubled your money after 11 years, you're half, not quite halfway, maybe a third of the way through to doubling it again by the time the 15 year plan comes around. So be mindful of that. Be mindful of your equity exposure. Be mindful that the markets will fall 50% at any significant time before they recover. And be mindful of the Fidelity study that says that you can't time the market. Um, we can't time the market. Warren wasn't sure, so he researched it. He said he can't time the market. Um, and if we miss some of the best days, we start eroding into our return. We start eating into our return, so it affects our long-term growth. And because we don't know when these best days are, it's best just to stay in the market. So whether there's a general election coming up, whether there's potential recession coming up, whether there's potential Brexit coming up, where there's impeachment of Trump, whatever it is, we don't know how that's going to affect the market. I can remember the Brexit referendum. Everyone was very, very concerned. I took a lot of time educating my clients to say, remain invested. And then on the day of the announcement, the markets plummeted. Now, genuinely, as a person with integrity, my tummy plummets as well. Um, but it recovered. And it recovered pretty much late that afternoon, as soon as um, the US markets opened. And since then, it's pretty much grown every, every day since. So, um, yeah, we don't know. We don't know what's happened. But anyway, hey, hopefully this has been of interest. It's a bit topical. It might be a bit controversial. I'm not sitting on the side of any political party here. I'm not encouraging a, a conservative. I'm not discouraging a Labour or a coalition. Um, I would vote for the party that did what they promised as opposed to doing what they want to. Um, but hey, that we all can live and wish. Maybe uh, I should have wrote that in a, in a future article. I don't know. Um, hope you're well. My name's been Warren Shoot. Thank you so much for all those people who message in for some lovely comments on the recording. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please leave a little note, say thank you, how much you enjoy it. Um, if you're listening to it on podcast somewhere, whatever facility you listen to it on, please leave me a review. I do appreciate it. And message me, give me your questions. It makes life so much more engaging and enjoyable. I'm very happy to answer all the questions. I do answer all of them myself at the moment, um, which I'm able to do so. But anyway, this has been Financial Education Formation. My name is Warren Shute and make sure you have a great weekend. Thank you.